Awesome. Well, I'm glad that uh, there wasn't too much enthusiasm there when they, she, my wife made that comment um, because um, I think the Lord is just so awesome. I don't want to get in the way of you uh, seeing Jesus, experiencing the Father's love. That was wonderful this morning, uh, Chloe, getting a touch of how great the love of God is. Yeah, I pray my desire is that every one of you here would experience the love of Almighty God. You know, it's one thing to uh, receive from the resources of heaven, whether it's in our, uh, the Lord brings about an opportunity for a good job or, uh, or, or blesses us in some way and divine health and healing in our body as we've been hearing about. That's wonderful. That was a good word, David. Amen. I was excited about that. But there's something far greater, and that is to experience the love of our Father. Everyone wants to be loved. Everybody in this world uh, needs to be loved. We're born to be loved, and our Father loves us so much. Hallelujah. I'm so proud of uh, my daughter and the way she leads, but all the whole team, the whole worship team as well, and the sacrifice they make to lead us in worship and praise. My desire is, and I pray, that you would be free in the love of God. And as we're here to worship, that you'd be, it would be real. And our praise, it would be real. He's worthy of our praise. That we'd be experiencing something supernatural in our lives and we'd be set free to worship and praise in spirit and in truth. Praise God. We're going to read a story today from John 15, or part of a story. But you can look it up and read the three parables there in your own time. And today I want to speak about the reward of the Father's house. The reward of the Father's house. You know, the setting for John 15 is that there were the scribes, those who uh, printed out and knew how to write in those days, the intelligent ones, or they thought they were more intelligent perhaps than others. And there was the Pharisees there. And uh, the tax collectors and uh, people that these scribes and Pharisees uh, despised because they thought they were better, they were gathering around the Lord Jesus Christ as they always did. And so there's three parables that the Lord speaks to in John 15 to share about the love of the good shepherd going out after the one sheep that was lost, leaving the 99 in the wilderness and seeking uh, that one sheep that was lost. And that's, that was you and I when we were far from God and Jesus came to search and to seek us out to bring the love of the Father of Almighty God to us. Then there's a parable of uh, the uh, lost coin and the woman that lights the lamp and searches diligently till she finds it, and that's the Holy Spirit going out, compelling people to come to Christ to receive the love of Almighty God. Then there's the story of the prodigal son, which we're going to look at today. The prodigal, the wayward son. But it's, it's not just the story of the wayward son. It's about two brothers. And if we look into it at Luke 15, and we'll start from verse 11 and 12, and we're not going to read the whole passage, so we'll jump through some. Jesus is telling this parable to the people, and he, say, and he says, a certain man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, and we need to follow this closely just to sense what's going on in his heart. Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. 
There must be some money set aside. Maybe it was to buy a bit of land and a house one day. Who knows what it was? It wasn't. It doesn't seem that it was all his father's money because he divided his inheritance to both of the boys and he still had servants and he still had plenty in the father's house. Unlimited resources. But he says, Father, give me. Have you ever heard your children say that? Give me, give me, give me. You know, we, we grow up in life and we want, want, want. You might be in a relationship and, and all, the, all the guy or the girl wants is just give me, give me. I, I want it, you know, and it's all about me. And that's how we all start out in life, isn't it? Give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So the Father graciously and lovingly divides. He divided it to them both. Not just to the younger son. He gave to the oldest son as well. His livelihood. Now, the oldest son would always get in Israel a double portion. He'd get a double portion because it was his responsibility to reflect the heart of the father to the family. It was his responsibility to take care of his younger siblings and to uh, be there to, uh, to reflect the father's heart to the rest of the whanau. But as we look at this, and we look at the way the younger son couldn't wait to escape and, and get away from home and take off and do his own thing, it made me, makes me wonder just exactly how that older brother was. Hurry up and do this. Do that. If you don't do this, I'm going to tell dad. You know? You know, you're useless. There's only one way to do things, and it's the right way. You should know that. Can you just imagine? Can you hear the older brother? Can you hear the older brother here? And he's not reflecting correctly the heart of the father for his younger brother. He's giving a false impression to his younger brother of the father. So his younger brother's growing up thinking that his father's someone different. I wonder if there's a picture here in this of the Pharisee or the religious people today not reflecting clearly the heart, the eternal heart of our heavenly Father God to the community. You know the community just hates religious, self-centered, condemning people that think they are better than the people in the community. None of us are better. None of, none of us have anything to boast in but in the grace of God, as David was speaking about. In the love of Almighty God. We were all washed up. All we like sheep, Isaiah said, have gone astray. We had turned everyone to his own way. And that's why Jehovah God laid on Jesus Christ, our Lord, the sin of us all. And Jesus came from heaven. He came from the Father's house. He was the older brother, our older brother. He is the kinsman redeemer. He has redeemed us to God with his blood. He truly showed us the heart of the Father. And when you get to see the heart of the Father, it will touch your heart. It will touch your heart. My daughter was touched this morning. And when you really experience the love of Almighty God, it will touch your heart. It will transform your life. It is powerful. It is the most powerful 
currency or whatever word you could use for it in the universe. The love of God is greater far than tongue or pen could ever tell. It reaches to the highest star and reaches to the lowest hell. Heavenly currency, agape love, selfless love, the love of our Father. And so Jesus could say, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He correctly uh, reflected the heart of the Father for us. He said, I came not to condemn the world. The Son of Man came not, when speaking about himself, to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And he was there as the older brother, as it were, to look after us, to care for us, to sacrifice for us. See, the double portion is not to consume on ourselves. God is giving us a double portion in Christ this morning. But we're not to be reservoirs. It's not all about us. It is for our community. Why has he given you the talents to go out there and make money? Why has he given you talents perhaps to build a house? Why has he given you talents to be a mother or a father? So that you might share those talents and those gifts with others. What is the favor and blessing upon us for? It's for others. And when we're in Christ, we're just like Him. And when people see us, there should be an attraction there. You see, there was no attraction in the older brother. That young, young, his younger brother just wanted to escape. He wanted to get as far away as he could. And he thought the father was shaking a big stick at him. And, and the older brother wrongfully reflected the father to him. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. But this young fellow, he says, as we go down through the passage, and we're not going to read it all, but I'll just explain it. It's one of the things that says he journeyed into a far country. He went right away from the place where ultimately there was love in his father's house. He just went into a far country. He wanted to get away. Because it was wrong, the father's house was wrongfully represented to him. He did, if he had only known how much blessing and favor and love, unconditional love the father had for him, he never would have left, would he? And it says he wasted his possessions on riotous living, he wasted it. And no matter what we spend our time and our energy on, if we're not living and abiding and walking in Christ, there seems to be an emptiness inside of us. And it's almost as though we're wasting, wasting our time, wasting our life. And what am I here on this planet for? And it seems to be consumed on me, but no matter what I, I grab at and grasp at, it leaves me empty. And it will never satisfy. And so he was far away from the Father's house. Could it get any worse? I wonder, I wonder, I wonder if this, um, I, 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 think, I think this younger brother had uh, quite a big chip on his shoulder. I think, I think he had a, I think there might have been a root or, of unforgiveness there. I, I think he had been probably hurt by the older brother. I think he probably found it very hard to forgive, and so he just wanted to get away. 
I don't know if we're speaking to anybody here this morning, but maybe there's somebody in your life who has hurt you. It might be another person that claims to be a believer in Jesus or a Christian or one of Christ's ones, and they've hurt you. They've been cutting with their words. And all you feel like is that you just want to escape and you want to get far away into a far country. You know, no matter how long you nurse a grudge, I know we've got a nurse here today, Maureen, no matter how long you nurse a grudge, it will not get better. You can nurse it all you like, but it won't get better. But could it get worse for this guy who'd gone away, the younger brother, into a far country? Yes, it could, because there arose a mighty famine, it says, in the land. As if it wasn't enough just to be far removed from the father's house, but there was a dearth. You know, there's a dearth for people in Northland and Kerry, Kerry and New Zealand. People have wandered in society far away from God today. We were talking about the Valley of Dry Bones just earlier. And it's like Northland's just full of dry bones at times. You know, there are lights here and there, and there's Christians. But we need to prophesy and speak out over the dry bones of Northland. We need to declare the love of God to them. These bones can live again. People can come to Christ. They receive the love of God. Luke 15 and verse 18 and 19 says... And this is uh, when this young, young man is at his extremity. He remembers his father's health, and he comes to an end of himself. He can go no further down. He's at wit's end corner, nowhere else to turn, no other options left. And he says, I will arise and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. He went back thinking the father was going to be harsh on him. But he says, well, if I plead with him, he might find it in his heart to forgive me, to let me off and say to me, well, you need to sort yourself out and you need to go to your room for uh, two days. And then when you come out, you can slave away for the next two years and just show me how sorry you really are. You know, is that familiar? Are we like that as a parent? Good grief. That's what he thought the father was like. I'm no longer worthy. He didn't understand that it wasn't about his worth in the first place. It was all love is all about the heart of the one who loves. It's all about the heart of the Father. You know, we owed a debt that we could not pay, but Christ paid the debt for us at the cross of Calvary. He didn't owe the debt himself, but he paid it for you and I. And he displayed the love of Almighty God for us. We were self-centered, but he came and said, well, Love is actually other-centered. We wanted to live from here, knowing right and wrong. And we wanted to judge what was right and wrong for ourselves, knowing good and evil. But God says, no, you need to live from here. Jesus is your head in heaven. Not the pastor, not the pope, but Jesus is the head in heaven. He's the head of the church. Praise God for that. I wouldn't want to be the head of you guys. <laughs> You wouldn't want me as your head. Praise God for that. I don't ever take that place. One Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ. And then we read in uh, Luke uh, uh, 15 and 20, and it says, And he arose and came to his father. He was a long way away, but he made the journey back, hungry, tired, weary, worn, sad, 
back to his father to beg for mercy. You know? And when he was still a great way off, this is an amazing thing. God knew, knows where you are in life. He sees you. You're never out of his sight. And you might even be a great way off from him today, spiritually speaking. You might have wandered far away from God. And he knows all about you. He knows your DNA. You read Psalm 119. He knows everything about you. He knows you're down sitting, you're uprising. He was a great way off and his father saw him. Your father sees you today. Wherever you are, wherever you parked up today, your father sees you. His father saw him and had compassion. Your father has love, nothing but love in his heart for you. He has plans for you. He wants to prosper you. He wants to give you a hope and a future. And he has that for you in his son, Jesus, who perfectly represents the father to us. So his father had compassion and he saw him. That tells me his father was looking out for him. His father was praying for him. His father was, had him in his heart. He was not like the older brother had portrayed him to be. And he ran. And he fell on his neck and kissed him. Now this guy, he had been working with pigs. And when uh, my brother left school, my older brother left school at 15, he went and worked on a piggery for two years. And we know what it's like to work with pigs because he came home at night and he would stink. But he was so used to, you know, pumping out the pig muck and putting it on the paddocks and working with pigs and the stink that he didn't smell it anymore. But we smelled it when he came home. And it wasn't pleasant. If there's any farmers here, you know it's not pleasant. And even if he'd had a shower, it would be in his paws. You know, one time I had four two-bedroom units when I was down Dargaville years ago when I was in my 20s. And I had some people in one of the units that liked curry. And uh, one day the drain pipe got blocked. And I had to put my arm down in the drain pipe to clear it up to here, in the curry and all the rest of it. And when I got home, I had a shower, and I soaped up, and I scrubbed my arm raw, but it still stunk. And I covered it with aftershave, but it still stunk. This young man who came back, he'd been with the pigs, and he was smelling. But his dad never ran up to him and said, hang on, son, Pooh, you stink. You better get up to the house and take a shower. You better go up there and have a bath. I'll talk to you a bit later. No, no, he fell on his neck. He didn't care about what state he was in. He loved his son. God loves you. God loves you. He wants you in his house this morning. In his, in his house. So the son says, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight, verse 21, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. He, he didn't know what, he'd never experienced what it was like to be a real son. I just wonder this morning if there's people here that have never really experienced what it is really like to be accepted by the Father's love. You think God's got this really strict standard and you're struggling to live up to it and you feel unworthy and you feel as though you're failing. The Father didn't even listen to him. He, he, he could have said, well... Oh, I'm glad you finally repented, son. I'm glad you've um, come to that. You know, yes, you're not worthy, but I am going to give you one more chance. 
He wasn't like that. The father wasn't listening to that. He was listening to his own heart. And his heart was beating very fast for his son. And the heart of Almighty God is beating for you where you sit in your seat. And the heart of our Heavenly Father is beating for the rest of your whanau out there. And the heart of our Heavenly Father is beating for all of our fam family and whanau in Northland and New Zealand, Aotearoa. And God wants us to represent Him faithfully to our community, to our families. And so the father was ignoring this, and he says, bring out the best robe. Boy, that would get under the skin of the older brother. I don't think he fitted it, had the best robe on, did he? It was probably kept away for someone special, someone perhaps that smelled like pigs. <laughs> hey, isn't that amazing? The eternal love of God, the best robe, the best robe in Christ, blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. The favor of Almighty God given to us. Given His perfect righteousness. Robes are spotless from white. From Jesus. We don't have to stop sinning to get the robes. You know that. We receive Jesus and we stop sinning because we're made righteous by God. See, religious people think it's the other way around. That you have to stop sinning before you come to church. You have to stop sinning before you're called a Christian. But we stop sinning because the love of the Father is just poured out upon us and it's shared abroad in our hearts and we cannot live contrary to our Father because we appreciate Him and we walk in relationship with Him. Put a ring on His hand and sandals on His feet. It's the Father that does that. We're sealed with the Holy Spirit, the ring. We, we, we have a different walk now. I can tell you when I got saved at 20 and a half, I had a very different walk. The words of my mouth were very different. The places I went were very different. The things I said, the things I thought about, my thought life was very different. The videos I watched were very different. But now, our feet and our walk is changed in Christ because we're walking in relationship with our Father and we're experiencing his love. So he says, bring out the fatted calf and kill it. The father had kept that for a special occasion. Very, very special. And he, and, he, and he said, this my son was dead and is alive again, is lost and is found. And they began to make merry. Oh, I love that. They began to make merry. We never read that they ever stopped. This is exciting. We get excited here. We jump around. We begin to make merry. We revel in the love of our Father. We are set free in His love. We are secure in His love. We are blessed and favored of God because of His Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of His heart, He chose to love us. He chose to redeem us. He chose to bring us and gather us back to Himself and take us in, and clothe us with the righteousness of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we're secure in that love. But then the older brother comes along. See, the, son, the son, younger brother didn't believe that he was going to experience this. He would have been blown away. But the older brother comes in and he, from the field, and he hears music and dancing. And is he very happy about his brother coming home? No. If you read through it for yourself in your own time, you find out that the older brother was angry. He thought he deserved the best robe. He thought because he had 
he had got everything right and he had dotted his I's and crossed his T's that he should be accepted with the Father. He had never left home. He had been working away hard, trying to earn the favor of his dad. And God's saying to us, I don't want you to earn it. I want you to experience it. I want to give it to you freely. He wouldn't go in. He wouldn't go into the party. You know, God has redeemed us from this world. He doesn't want us just to hover around the cross now. Although he does, he wants you to come there and see that Jesus bore your sin. To find out that the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses from all sin. That he took our place there at the cross. But he doesn't want you to stop there. Jesus said, come on and follow me. And he went to the tomb. And God wants you to see that he's buried in the sea of his forgetfulness. Every sin that you've ever committed or will commit. And every smell of the pig pen he's not worried about, he's dealt with himself. He, he lives and moves on a higher plane than that. And you are set free in Christ. But he doesn't want you just to stop at the tomb. The angels came when the disciples were there and they said, what are you doing here? Why are you looking for the living one in the grave? Lift your head a little bit higher. He is not here. He's risen. And Jesus is alive today. He's the firstborn of a new order of creation. True sons of God who experience the love of their Father. But He's not just risen. Come on and follow Him further because He has gone back into the Father's house. That's where He came from. He was not like the older brother in this story misrepresenting the Father. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And He's blazed the trail right back into the most holy place, into heaven itself for us. He's entered with His blood. The way is open for us to follow in. That is the Father's house. Spiritually, I'm, I, I'm thinking of here. Not physically. I'm talking about spiritually. God is a spirit. You know, Jesus one day met that woman of Samaria by the well. She'd had five husbands. The husband that she was with wasn't her husband, so they weren't married. And yet Jesus revealed to her at the end of that conversation, the one conversation he had, something he hadn't really revealed anywhere else in the Bible in that way. And he said, the Father himself seeks worshipers, and they that worship must worship in spirit and in truth. So he took her in one conversation right from where she was and all in need, searching for love, and talked about the Father's house. I want to tell you this morning that God wants you to enter into the Father's house. I know you might love hovering around the cross, and don't get me wrong, the cross is very, very important. It, is, it, it stands between two eternities, as it were. But Jesus is not on the cross. I know you might like to hang a cross around your neck, and, and I'm not going to judge you for that. And some people even put a cross in, the, in their home with Jesus on it. But He's not on the cross. He is risen, and he's the, He has now been received back to the Father. And God wants you to experience the reward of the Father's house. God is a spirit. There were people in the Bible that went there. They experienced things that they couldn't even explain. I think Chloe this morning was experiencing something that she probably couldn't really explain. The love of God is just so great. And you need to know this morning that you are totally accepted with the Father. 
You don't need to be performance orientation. It's not about your performance. You don't need to just hover round and round the cross all your life, remembering that although that you're struggling and that you almost feel left alone and far away from God, but still Jesus cares, so you find comfort food in the cross. No, no, when God redeems you, He redeems you unto Himself. He says, come on, come on right in. Here's the house. Here's everything I've got, and it's all yours. It's all yours. You're my son. I'm your dad. Come in and enjoy the love of God and take it out to a lost world this morning. The love of our Father, the Father's house. Praise God. Well, um, I could preach on and on about that. I'm going to have to jump half of that. Getting a bit carried away. I think you're getting the picture. A hymn writer once said, and this would remind me of the older brother, but it also remind me of someone else that totally misrepresented God. Satan himself. The one who Jesus defeated at the cross, but he still goes round like a roaring lion, but he lost his teeth at the cross. And we tread him underfoot because he has no authority over us. All authority was given to Jesus in heaven and on earth, and we've been given the great commission to go with that authority into the world, the authority of heaven and earth. And um, it says, I hear their accuser roar. Does that ring a bell? When you do something wrong, there's a voice in your head or someone sitting on your shoulder telling you, now look what you've done. You shouldn't have done that. You know better than that. It could be your older brother, but it could be the enemy. Don't listen to him. I hear the accuser roar of sins that I have done. I know them well and thousands more. My God, he finds none. My dad, he finds none. He has dealt with it all for me. I am secure in his love. I'm safe in his arms. His house is open to me. Come on in. Welcome home. Doesn't matter where you come from. We welcome and call in the community, whoever they are. Come right up. Jesus' body is here. His blood has been shed for you. If you've never partaken of Jesus, come on in. The bread of life is what you need. Glory to God. Hallelujah. If you've never received Jesus this morning, God wants to offer him to you, but with him, he wants to offer you perfect righteousness. And I don't want you to give your heart to Jesus this morning if you're not born again. I don't want you to make a commitment. I just want you to receive the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says, as many as received Him, to them gave He the right or the power to become the sons of God. And so you can just ask Him into your heart, into your life this morning, and say, Jesus, thank You that You died on the cross for me. I ask You into my heart, into my life. If that's you this morning and you've never done that, you've never made Him Lord of your life, you've never experienced the Father's love, you can welcome Him right on in this morning and we'll agree with you on that. Hallelujah. But if you're one of those people that's also performance orientated and you think that God's still a God with a big stick and maybe somebody has misrepresented the loving Father that we have to us, and you think he's often frowning upon you because you're not doing the right thing, you can just come and receive his love this morning. God loves you. He really does. He sees you a great way off. He has compassion on you. He will run and meet you.
The moment that Jesus said it's finished, the bail was rent. God came straight out. It wasn't five seconds later. It just showed, showed how quick he wanted to come out and bless mankind. The holy place, the veil of the temple was ripped. You couldn't get access there before, but now we have access into the Father's house through Jesus, through his body that was rent for us. Praise his name. So let's bow our heads and pray. And you can just quietly ask Jesus into your heart and in your life. Or you can look to him as Lord of your life this morning. And you can let go of every unforgiveness that you got. Perhaps people have misrepresented the Lord to you this morning. The love of God to you this morning. But you can just let it all go. And just appreciate and receive the love of God. And receive Jesus as your Savior. Just as we pray. Father, we just want to thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ. We want to thank you that you sent your Son to be the Savior, not of good people, but of the world. He didn't come to call righteous people, but He came to call sinners to repentance, to have a change of heart, to recognize and realize that You have all the answers for us in Your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we thank You for His precious blood. We thank You for His body broken in our place. We thank You for wholeness and health and healing in His name this morning. And Father, we just declare it not only over the congregation, but over Northland this morning, Father. And we pray that You'd move uh, throughout Northland by Your Spirit, because we know that the soil of Northland is rich with the seed of the Word of God, and we want You to germinate it for the honour and glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we just ask You, Father, to hover over Northland, to hover over our nation, Aotearoa, and lead many people to Christ. We call forth those dry bones to live again, Father, in Jesus' name. And Father, we thank you for the increase and the reward of the Father's house and for the acceptance that we experience there in Jesus' name. Amen. May God bless you this morning.